podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Whistleblowers. This is Theo Delaney sitting in this week for Martin. Uh, we've got a packed show this week. We've got lots to talk about. I've got Paddy Delaney here, Tottenham fan. Hello, Theo. Josh is here from the Arsenal podcast. Hey, What's the name of your Arsenal podcast? Footballistically, Footballistically Arsenal. Footballistically Arsenal with Boyd Hilton, right? That's yeah. correct. And Liam making his pod debut here. Liam, who's a youthful, lifelong Newcastle. What's your surname, Liam? Bosomworth, fair. There's no need for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> lifelong, youthful Newcastle fan. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the state of play with Newcastle and Mike Ashley. We're going to talk about Emery and Arsenal and Arsenal's Big bid now for the top four. We're going to talk about Tottenham Hotspur, the new stadium, and whether we can now, I say we, I'm a Tottenham fan myself, whether we can secure top four. We're going to talk about the title race. We're going to talk about the relegation battle. Lots to talk about. Sit tight. So I don't know if any of you guys were watching that uh, Villa Birmingham game, but I, I... for some reason, I had about five minutes to spare before I left the house, and I thought, oh, I'll put that on. That's always a fiery. And I had the good fortune to tune in at exactly the moment where that nutcase entered the field of play. And I'm starting to feel like this might be something wrong with me. Am I the only person who thought it was hilariously hilarious? He does have quite a punchable face, Jack Grealish. Is that unfair to say? Well, no, it's not unfair to say. There are punchable faces in football. Uh, but everyone has their own idea. I mean, for me, it's, uh, oh, I probably shouldn't say this, Josh, but it was that Chesney, he had a very punchable face, I always thought. I Why know. was that? Well, just, it was something about the way it grinned. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Slight Tottenham bias. Though. Yeah, possibly. As, uh, as, I, as I was saying, I was thinking there might be a bias. He is <laughs> cheeky. I mean, he is still Chesney, yeah. he is on Instagram trying to wind up Spurs. Yeah, exactly. It might, it might be years. nothing to do with his face. It might be to do with what he actually says. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I just thought that guy, he's spilt onto the pitch. He's obviously right off his nut and on all sorts. And he's come over. He's pathetically failed to actually land a proper, any kind of proper punch at all. He's quite lucky that, they didn't get, that he didn't get more roughed up. He, but what the, the hilarious thing is he's so out of his mind that when they're dragging him away, he's saluting. The, he's like he's... And now, today, we get the news he's been banged up for 14 weeks, which is actually, all joking aside, entirely correct. You've got totally. to do that. You've got to set an example yeah. to stop... So that everyone thinks twice next time they think about doing something Although like he was, he was applauded as he came off the pitch. By the fans, of course. Yeah. Loyal, supporter. <laughs> that will always happen in a derby. Absolutely. Of course it will. I mean, that's what... The funny thing when these things happen, it always seems there's a lot of po-faced people come and go, this is absolutely disgraceful. It's an absolutely disgraceful... But a lot of those people haven't been in the away end at a derby, or have they? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not condoning it in any way, but why people should be surprised that he gets applauded by his own fans as he comes up. Yeah, I think when you're wrapped up in the moment and yeah. the excitement of a derby as a fan, you might, but I'm sure if, you, if they rationalise it when they go home, they probably wouldn't be too proud of themselves for yeah. applauding absolutely. as he came off. But yeah, he's, he's absolutely right that he's you know, banged up and of course Birmingham couldn't wait to get a, you know, a press release out saying that they'll ban him for life, which of course you, you yeah. would expect. Absolutely. They've well, got- actually, he only got 10 years. The, uh, that's the official. From... That's not. That's not their ban, though. That, that that's the ban from any football ban right. by the by, by the judge own. for ten years. Yeah. But so I think in the, ten years, he might take up supporting Solihull Moors in the exactly, local area yeah. and decide to uh, to go and be a supporter of them. Yeah. I, I, I. It was a strange 
it's a scenario you don't see very often in football, thankfully. You don't, and yet, of There's course, we've had Chris three, three in a row, haven't we? There was Chris Kirkland. Years ago, you know, Years right. ago, yeah, yeah. who I saw was quite funny on Twitter, given the situation, right. who, who, like, atted Jack Grealish and offered his support and advice right. if he, if he right. needed anything in the aftermath. I think the worry that comes out of it is, you know, people always think about Monica Sellers and the, the yeah, tennis situation. Exactly. And that's why it isn't actually And I don't funny. know what searching... I'd be interested to hear, actually, what your searching is like at, at Tottenham. I only know the it's Arsenal experience where you do... You get patted down, but yeah. I have no interest, let's be clear, of taking knives into no. a football stadium. But I'm fairly confident if I wanted to, I could. could. I don't think the search is no, I agree enough with you. that... I, don't, I always think that. I just well. get patted down. I mean, they, uh, you know, yeah. they'd probably tell if I had a wallet on me, but not a yeah. lot else. You could I, take I totally a agree. knife, you'd struggle to take one of those bottle tops in that they're very tight on those yeah that's true that's yeah. a good you make a good point you, you never get a, a, a bottle top anywhere near never the ground ever. but you, if you strap a little stiletto flick knife to the inside of your thigh you've got you've got no problem because those guys are never going to search you anywhere and that's i did i did also see on twitter i can't remember who it was now someone saying well, if you only pay stewards the minimum wage, what can you expect? <laughs> I think it's a ridiculous point. <laughs> yes. Ultimately, right, let's do a numbers game here. Yeah. There's 60,000 people, say, at the Emirates. Yeah. I don't know, what, there are a thousand stewards? Not even that, yeah, I assume. Yeah. yeah. If someone wants to get on the pitch, they're going to get on the pitch. I think, yeah. I think we have to accept that. Unless yeah. we, you know... Put I, the fences thinking, back up. Fences yeah. or netting or, yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. This is a scenario. If like yeah. someone really wants to get on a pitch, they're going to And that's why it's it. scary. It's also, that's why, A, they do need to throw the book, uh, really come down like a ton of bricks on these guys that do it. But also what you realise, as you say, is we're all just trusting it's not going to happen. It's as, it's as simple as that. And, it's, and, it, and although it doesn't happen very often, there have been more than one example just recently, haven't there? There was the one in Scotland... Yeah, and look at Arsenal. Someone, someone ran on. I mean, it w- definitely wasn't the same as Grealish because there wasn't yeah, like a punch but someone shoved Smalling. Yeah. He came out of probably 20 to 30 yards to my left of where I was sat in, right. in the stadium. So I saw what was going on. To me, he was going on a, a pure motion at the goal and wanted to hug the players. And his quickest route involved going very close to small. Right. I, I actually don't, I don't think. Obviously, he, he can't go on the pitch. You can't run on the pitch. That's not okay. And you certainly shouldn't shove an opposition player. Yeah. But it was very different with the mindset of someone who's gone on to run on to punch. Yes. Um, to punch, I, punch there was on. a very po-faced uh, interview with an academic uh, who was very nice. She was very good, actually. She, she'd done a lot of research into this stuff uh, on Radio 4 and she said that a big part of the problem with um, crowds and that sort of behaviour is that there's a vast amount of cocaine being consumed by, as a matter of course, by a lot of football fans who go, I mean, there's always been a tradition of football fans going and getting absolutely tanked up from the morning onwards, as we know. It's not, it's not how I personally do it, but lots of people do. That's all part of the day out. But now apparently loads of them are full of uh, the devil's dandruff. And that, of course, will make you, apparently, I'm told, very aggressive. That actually, that does make a lot of sense, though. So I thought tackling from behind had been eradicated from the game, you know, 15 to 20 years ago. But he clearly did not play the ball. He (laughs) went straight through and behind. From behind, exactly. Ridiculous. Yes. There was actually a friend of a friend, I noticed, did a tweet exactly on what you're saying, Theo. He said, the elephant in the room in all this debate about trouble at football, over recent years... You always see long lines outside the toilet cubicles at grounds. So they yeah. come out with sore noses. Yeah. I don't think many of them have done a poo. Yes. 
Not and it says shitted through the nose. And there is an element <laughs> of like, yeah, maybe maybe that sort of backs up your uh, yeah. Your well, uh, she, she this was an academic who done a lot of research, and she wasn't pissing about. I mean, she said that is a big that is a big issue. And of course, because you think, you know, we all as I said, we all get worked up at that. We all shout things we sh- we wouldn't normally. That's part of what football is. It gives you that that license to behave like a total idiot once a week and and do things and behave in ways like a toddler or something. That's why it's funny, and that's why you get all this stuff out. But if you've had a whole massive fucking load of um, cocaine that your behaviour will be magnified and, and made more extreme and suddenly just from shouting you know Villa you are a punch of you're, suddenly you're on the pitch <laughs> trying to punch Jack Grealish I mean Jack Grealish came out of it very well didn't he because he actually almost got up and he was the only other guy apart from me who seemed to find it funny. He got up and seemed to actually find it quite funny and of course yeah. he ended up scoring the winning goal and yeah. everyone loved him and well, he, he thought, everyone loves me. I haven't done anything to deserve being loved. But I don't think anybody expected him to react that way either. Yeah, that he, was a surprise. He is the poster boy, though, of Aston Villa. Yeah, he's this absolutely. kid the academy and he's sure, been loyal sure, yeah. and he hasn't gone yeah. to Spurs, yeah, which yeah. I probably talked about to. on the podcast. Yeah. That he has been loyal. So he is the one that was going to get yeah. targeted. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he lives in the city on his life and yeah. probably faces it. So... You know, fair play to him, but what you know, it couldn't have been written. You know, yeah. what's going to happen as soon as he gets up one nil Grealish? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. described it as the best day of his life. Grealish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 to his credit because he sees it as a as a funny thing because he's done nothing to deserve all this adulation. Some guys come up, <laughs> tried to punch him, failed, got dragged off, and he's standing there going, "Suddenly, I'm I'm world famous, and yeah. everyone thinks I'm a great bloke." It was I mean, the goal to, helped, um, obviously. Deli Ali had a great reaction to getting that bottle thrown at yeah. him in the Arsenal game. Was that the Arsenal? Yeah, it was the Arsenal Cup yeah. game, wasn't it? Yeah, and he just laughed it off. Yeah, and then, and scored, then played very well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still talking of the Arsenal, let's talk a little bit about the Premier League and what has happened. I mean, I'm sitting here as, as a Tottenham fan. I usually do the Spurs show. I've got another Spurs fan here, Paddy. I've got a Newcastle fan here, Liam, and of course Josh is from the Arsenal uh, podcast. Um. Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, well in the running now with Tottenham for those two top four places. From an Arsenal perspective, how sanguine and optimistic do you feel? Increasingly optimistic, and I'm not saying this to antagonise no, no. you, but the way that Tottenham have gone from 10 points to one point yeah. and probably slightly fortuitous, it's still that one point given what happened in the game you know, at no, Wembley, we'll, we'll the North London Derby. <laughs> And yeah. you look at you look at the running, and you you know yeah, if you just yeah. had to look go right eight games left, you you've got who Arsenal have got, you would now make Arsenal Slight in favorites. a good position to to get inside to four. Yeah. What's against us that I think people are, are forgetting is how awful our away form has been yes. the last couple yeah. of months. And of eight games remaining, we've got five away, right. and so, it's entirely conceivable we could not win at Everton, yeah. we could not win at Leicester, we yeah. could not win at Wolves. So also, I assume it will go to the final two games. Yeah. Uh, from Arsenal's point of view, our final two games are Brighton and Burnley. I am cheering them on every week in the hope that both are safe, safe yeah. with uh, with you know two games to go. Because I think if we be. do have you know two home wins and we're in you know we're in a good position, then you know I, I fancy well, are they, us are they, now to come forth. Are they home games those last two games? Um, Brighton home is home, well. and we go to Burnley on the final day. So if Burnley away on the final day and they're sort of safe and have put all their energy into getting to safe the yeah. week before, that will that will do us nicely. Yeah, I mean Spurs have got actually five home games. 
Yes. But they'll be home in, a new, in a new stadium. Yeah, in fact, I've just done is the Spurs show. Is that good for you or bad? Well, you don't know. But the thing about that stadium is we're all completely, totally in love with it, anyone who's been in it. And one of the things that everyone knows about it is that it's built to be the ultimate home football stadium because they've, they've specifically built it for atmosphere. They've got that one-tier end and everything. And it's going to have 61,000 people right on top of the pitch. 55, 56,000 of them are going to be Spurs fans. So we we are hopeful that it'll actually be an advantage and that coming from Wembley, which is difficult to conjure in a proper home atmosphere, it will actually be an advantage. But Chelsea also and Manchester United look capable, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I've got it up here, all the fixtures that everyone's got remaining. The advantage for Arsenal is we, we don't face any of the sort of so-called big, right. big six. Whereas yeah. we face two of them yeah, away. Chelsea yeah. have got to go to, to Liverpool. They've got to go to Man United. Spurs have got to go to, to Liverpool and go to, to Man City. Yeah. Man United, obviously, as I mentioned, have got you know, City and Chelsea. So there's going to be points taken off everyone, with the exception of Arsenal, who we hope can just sail through and, and pick up enough points it's if just they, as a waveform you know can, and we've yeah. lost at Southampton we have lost at West Ham yeah, yeah. you know struggle to a draw against Brighton away from home they, look, they don't look like they've changed really they look like what Wenger's team I mean from an outsider's point of view they look pretty much the same whereas at home sometimes they look really really good don't they I mean yeah so yeah, entirely and even in, in Europe we, we haven't shaken that off at Barthes I mean, yeah. Borisov we lost we've got a massive game Thursday to try yeah, and go over a 3-1 defeat against the 10th best team in France, you know, in Rennes, a game that should have been a formality. So, um, yeah, I would say not much has, has changed on the road. Yeah, but, plenty, but traditionally plenty. also under Vega, we, you, we used to get better in the last seven, eight games when, when we yeah, were out of true. title races. We all remember that. Yeah, they very often catch up. Close and we, could, we yeah. could catch. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you'd have asked, you know, any Arsenal, would you take the situation? You're arriving now, you're yeah. in the top four, yeah. you've got these A games to play. I think we'd all have to grab it. Well, on that note, uh, we'll just take a quick break. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back in the room. Now, what I was going to do was look at the other end of the table and talk to Liam. Liam, you're a lifelong uh, Newcastle United fan. I say the other end of the table, but Newcastle are pulling clear of that relegation battle now and don't look to be in a great deal of danger. Would you, would you say you're feeling quite relaxed about it now? Yeah, I was, uh, I was just talking to Josh about it before. I'm feeling a bit more confident about it now. So I think... So everyone talks about the, the magical 40-point mark. We're yeah. on 34 now. I think one more win should do it, but ideally yeah. two more just to, just to make sure. What's, that what's the Newcastle running? Is it reasonably...? It looks, it looks reasonable, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've, started, they've been playing OK. I mean, that was a hell of a comeback on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what happened there? I mean, Everton are a bit fragile, aren't they? But I'm more trying to work out what's... I'm obviously very interested with Newcastle, but yeah. what was trying to work out what was going on with, with Everton there? Um, I don't see how you can play so well and be 2-0 up away from home and then almost capitulate the way they did. It was a brilliant comeback for Newcastle, but yeah. I don't know what they were doing. I, I, of course, only would have seen the match for day highlights. It seems that Jordan Pickford was really getting involved with the Newcastle fans and, and he, was, he had a pretty poor game, really. I mean, he was at fault, certainly, for... You know, there was a, you know, probably possibly two of the three. It seems he was getting involved with the fans. Goal yeah, keepers. so so there's there's a, there's a whole Newcastle Sunderland narrative there. Oh, so of course, yeah. used, to, oh, of course. used to play between the sticks oh, for Sunderland, and uh, he I mean, would have been best advised to keep that, you know, to rise above that, wouldn't he? Yeah, but and he, then he rugby tap- tackled someone, didn't, they? didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, completely. Incredible. It was shocking. <laughs> Not great. I mean, it, you know, I think neither England goalkeeper look at Pickford or Heaton at the moment. Are, Sort of, 
you know, putting yeah. themselves in, in great form, which is interesting. Got an England squad coming up. Yeah, that's true. Picked, uh, we've got Czech Republic, don't we, a week on Friday. So who else? Um, somebody, but who is anyone emerging as an England goalkeeper candidate? Well, Burnley have just got all the England goalkeepers. They've got three England goalkeepers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Really heart, then there's Pope. Butland at Stoke, right? But no one talks about him because he's in the Championship now. So he's completely just been forgotten, hasn't he? Yeah, and I guess you've got Fraser. Also, Angus Gunn, Southampton. Gun. Angus Gunn, yeah. Angus Gunn, I guess, is probably the emerging, yeah, the emerging one. Brian Gunn's son. Yeah, it's a flashback to to our nineties Premier League. Uh, Norwich legend. Absolutely, Norwich yeah. legend. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's talk about that England squad. Who else might be coming through? We think uh, Rice, right? He's going. He's going to pick him, isn't he? The old West Ham, the, the, the defector. the Irish defector. Yeah, I was at the um, London Football Awards the, the other week where he. Won the young, young player, player of the year, of the year yeah. award and spoken, right? Eloquent, yeah. eloquent and you know, was asked. Has he got, is there an Irish brogue there going on? Irish accent? No, it okay, was good. It, was, good, that it really seemed very, uh, very English. Look, you assume that you know, you've had this whole saga. Is he going to play for Ireland? And as, as soon as it became, he has to make a decision. Yeah. It's a bit like when, you know, if you ask someone out on a date and they, you know, they need to think about it. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to think about it. Yeah, you need yeah. to think about it. It's a no. Yeah. So I think that, you know, he, he did well in the circumstance and the statement they put out was as good as you can in that. But surely they've had a discussion where they go, okay, well, we now need to give you a cap as soon as possible yeah. and cement that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it'd I'm be sure crazy it'll, not I'm to. Sure I mean, it, anyway, be. just his form alone. Is, yeah, he's been terrific I mean, for in West that Ham. position, defensive midfielders, are you, in the World Cup, we were looking at um, Henderson and... Dyer were the two main contenders for that. But I mean, I would say that this guy, I mean, they're good players, Henderson and Dyer, but I would say this guy, Rice, has got a chance of, of getting ahead of them if he's as good as everyone's saying. I mean, what, what I've seen of him, he does look like a really class. He act. must have more Premier League minutes than both of those two of late. This season, yeah, I would yeah. have thought so. Yeah, he plays, he just plays every game, I think. And, uh, and Eric Dyer's not been starting every... He's had a lot of injury problems yeah. and illness problems. He's had tonsillitis and... Um, appendicitis. Appendicitis. Any, anyitis yeah. you can think of, he's had it. And other injuries. Winks is good, but he's not quite the same because he's not muscle. Whereas I think Rice is because he's an ex-centre half like Dyer. He can actually put, you know, he's he's pretty imposing physically. You need one player like that in the middle of the park. So I think he's got every chance. Any Newcastle players coming through could be contenders for the English squad. Yeah, good timing. So um, unfortunately, our main contender Sean Longstaff is is currently injured until oh, the end of the season. Yeah. Has so, he gone out for the whole season, has he? What yeah, a shame. So it looks, he, was, he was great. He'd emerged. He was like the great local hero, yeah, right? Yeah, the next local hero. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was at the Newcastle-West Ham game and it was almost, uh, I mean, many people would laugh about this because Declan <laughs> Rice has been so heavily publicised, yeah. but Longstaff has sort of broke into the team and he's been a mainstay. Yeah. He's, yeah. Been, he's been brilliant. Yeah. And many people were saying it was almost like the battle, whoever won that the game emerging, would get the cap. Yeah, yeah. So Longstaff hasn't been capped by the, um, the 21s yet. But, but He really is very fresh, isn't he, Longstaff? Yeah. He only just broke into the team, what, a few weeks ago? Yeah, so a run of like eight or nine games yeah. and everyone's talking about him like he's a, a local hero. And I, I mean... I have to tell you, Liam, that even though I am aware of him and his emergence, I don't think outside of uh, the big market anyone's actually been saying he was a cert for the England squad. But I'll take it. I'll take it from <laughs> you. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, he isn't now, of course. But you no, know, I mean, uh, certainly people are. Anyone else coming through at Newcastle? One's not bad. Anyone at Arsenal? Any English players coming through there? They don't really have. Don't laugh in the background. Well, there's, there's Maitland Niles who I like him. You know, I think he's good. He's been getting an He's only getting an opportunity because Hector Bellerin yeah. is out, and he's been played all over the place. And he he describes himself as wanting to play defensive midfield and has barely played there for Arsenal, right. even in Europe where there would have been more opportunity. He did quite well on 
Sunday, certainly in the second half, and I, I think there was talk of him in the in the man of the match kind of discussion, at least yeah. if not, you know, which is impressive with a big name. Yeah, I think I think that's our, you know, yeah, yeah of course, latest. Yeah, on England the English hopes, then yeah. he, he looks like you know, a good he's out player, of the academies. You know, Arsenal through and through, and 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 hopefully that will you know mm. that step up. Hudson Odoi is he English? Because he looks he, like a good player, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he he was part of the was it? The oh, he's part of that yeah. youth team. Yeah, he's yeah. English. he's a good player. You'd expect, you wouldn't be surprised to get him in the uh, senior squad, would you? Well, he might get more minutes for England than he's getting for Chelsea. Yeah. Sorry, just refuses to play. I know. And when he does play, he looks great. He played yeah, in that brilliant. first leg at Wembley against Tottenham in the league. I thought he was absolutely really outstanding. I think he'll really benefit from the fact that Chelsea can't sign anyone from, for the next two windows. So, yeah, if, no uh, very often those to. things, they get round those things, don't they, clubs? But I, I think that appeal's been denied now. Has it? Oh, right, okay. I think so. I or, quite like it because, of course, when that came out, everyone's like, oh my God, what are Chelsea going to do? What a disaster. And then we suddenly realised at Tottenham, wait a minute, we, we just did that. did that for fun. Self-imposed. Two, two windows with yeah. no signings. It's an unusual situation with him. I, I don't think he's even played for the under-21s yet. He's been part of the under-18 sort of or 19 England system. So you assume with Gareth Southgate's you know the way he wants people to go through he the might, system. They he might want, want him to, to play there first. Maitland Niles has been part of the under 21s right, I think okay. that time has now passed. He would have right. to step up to the to the senior squad. Yeah. The problem is, you know, Kyle Walker, Trent Alexander Arnold. There's yeah, they're, exceptional they're right very back, well well attacking wing backs ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. And he's not really going to be in the discussion about. A but he he fancies himself as a defensive midfielder, but he yeah. has got no credentials there because he hasn't played there, right? Um, he hasn't really been given yeah. the opportunity there. I mean, he's he's become kind of the versatile option for us. He's played a bit of left wing back, at right wing back. Yeah. And that's really a result of sort of defensive injuries. Monterey Howell's had huge spells out this season. Kalazinac's had spells out. Yeah. Now Bellerin's out. So, you know, and he's by default almost become a, a, a right wing back for us. Yeah. What's the verdict at Arsenal on, on Dick Emery? I mean, on Emery. <laughs> Generally. I mean, are the people thinking, yeah, good. Most people, I think, are, are on the side of, you know, good. Good 7 good out enough. of 10 territory. I think there's concern about the away form, like we discussed. I was on the camp of being quite pro-Wenger even towards the end. So right. I think something plays into that. Because the majority of people are so glad to see the back of Wenger, even the people I accept people who were glad still loved him and yeah. appreciate what he did for the club. Just felt, yeah, but together. because people were so glad, they've almost been over-exaggerating how well Emery right. has done to date. I think at the end of a season we get in the top four, you have to say it's a, a, a tremendous Progress. achievement. Yeah. At the moment, I mean, there's it hasn't been that different to previous seasons in some ways. We're, we're well ahead on points of where we were. But every time we've gone to a big away game, we still haven't managed to win. Even at Tottenham, not to get back to it, and the yeah. one-all draw we had. Yeah. I mean, it's still now 22 games in a row away at the big six we haven't won. Wow. Which is just exceptional. And, it, and that hasn't People changed. don't really give them enough credit for that. Yeah, because I mean, people always used to, bad. people often talk about Tottenham not winning in those places, but Tottenham actually do win in those yeah, places. Yeah. They win at Chelsea and Man United and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, and yet we're at home, we're being very impressive yeah. and, and beating sort of the teams you'd expect us yeah. to be, and have delivered a great performance at home to Tottenham, at home Man to Man United. United. Yeah. We played very well against Liverpool yeah. and we drew at home. Yeah. Only really lost to you know an exceptional Man City side. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think you have to say good. Yeah, um, good first season needs to improve second season, right? Look, the thing is now, I looked at the, the bookies' odds just before we came on the podcast. Yeah. I, I think we are basically 10 to 11, or even money, basically, to finish in the top four. So they're wow. still saying it's 50-50. Yeah. And we're 50-50 to go through on when, on Thursday against Wren. Yeah. So it could be, we go out against Wren, and we end up coming fifth or sixth, which yeah. is still very plausible. Yeah. 
then you'd say it's completely a par season. That's not progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam, how much do you hate Mike Ashley? (laughs) How long have you got? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? I mean, what's happening there? Have you got any news for us? What's the latest takeover route? Is he going to sell? So I don't know if you were following the, um, well, let's call it Kenyan Gate now because it doesn't look like it's... Uh, happening. Yeah. Kenyan, what, old, the old Kenyan, the old Man United Chelsea bloke, yeah. he put together a consortium. Yeah, so um, That's not happening. He, he did put together a consortium and it looked like this was further down the line than any previous near takeover to happen. And the noise was very positive. But with something like this, it's really difficult now, given sort of Ashley's ties with uh, the media... Um, to actually work out how much of it is is correct and how when much of it is When you say Ashley's ties with the media, do you, are you implying that he's he's pulling strings in the media to to spin these stories the way that suit that suit him? So I, I can't remember his surname, but he's I think his PR man Keith. I'll, I'll check his I'll check his surname. But what, what I would say about this, I, I have very limited experience in, in the space of like a foreign group doing some work and taking over a Premier League football club. Okay. Unless someone at the club wants it to get out, it does not get out. Okay. Because if you're interested in buying, the last thing you want to do is like yeah. be in the it's public domain. People. You don't want to be yeah. seen, you don't want to be heard about. The only time you want anything in the public domain is when it's done and when it's signed yeah. and you're happy and you work on your PR strategy and yeah. who's going to front it and who's going to be around. It's bizarre at Newcastle. It Every time it's in the yeah. public, you get people commenting. So is it actually not- thinking if I if I say this bid's coming, it might flash out some other bids and, and put pressure on the presumably. people that are doing the buying? And- I mean, he's presumably he's happy to hold until he gets the price yeah. he wants. Yeah, he he's not, not in exactly a rush. Skin, is he? doesn't need the money. Yeah. Yeah. He's got an asset, which is a Premier League football club. There are not many of those. Yes. That, you know, yeah, uh, especially a big available. one like that, a big city. You know, yeah. I'm sure it will happen. I'm sure it will mm. happen. And, but also, these things sh- don't, it's more likely it will happen off-season. I think yeah. whenever it's done, it's cleaner yeah. for everyone. Because yeah. if you're interested in buying the football club, especially two, three months ago when this was really at yeah. its height, yeah. Newcastle were you know, not doing very well in the league, a genuine opportunity of buying relegation. So yeah. you don't really want to be doing a, a deal at the time of yeah. not showing what your what TV money is next yeah. to everything. Yeah. So it feels like it's got some momentum. You assume maybe May, June, that is a time where maybe it resurfaces. Yeah. It must be running out of patience eventually. It can't be fun. No, I don't think he's he's totally massively insensitive, though. He doesn't care. He just sits there while they all say, you fat cockney bastard, (laughs) get out of our club. Is that what they think? Yeah, home and away. Almiron, I mean, that was a a statement of some investment in the club, you'd say. I mean, he's doing it basically, giving enough money. He's got a brilliant manager. Yeah. He's giving him enough money to make him stay in. How long can he hang on to that brilliant manager? That's the question, isn't it? But I mean, I suppose so, Benitez would would go if he just got a great offer somewhere else, wouldn't he? He's yeah. out of contract at the end of the season, and he's not re-signed. He's, 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 playing he's playing definite hardball. Okay. So I think he's in a position of rare strength where he yeah. can he can say, "Look, unless you promise me sort of X X amount of players to sign or yeah. this amount of money to spend in the yeah. next window, and, and then like, I know I'm not, I've got I'm not keep clubs staying just to, to keep this club up. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've won the European Cup, mate. Yeah." And I think Benitez came in with the allure of a of a project, and at the minute it has not been a project. It has no, been a sort it's been of a firefighting job. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll need a new man. No. Well, we're quite lucky now. That, we're lucky uh, that Man United and Real Madrid seem to have filled their vacancies. I know everyone's saying it's been a bad week for us, but in the grand scheme, <laughs> Au contraire. Of things, yeah, a new stadium and Zinedine Zidane. We're keeping our manager. Yeah, Solskjaer looks set, doesn't he? Does anyone think Solskjaer won't get that job? I think it's possible. 
that he won't get it. Yeah. Depends what, I mean, if he goes on a bad run now, it's doesn't a, get top four. It's a bit like I was saying with Emery. It's yeah. still entirely plausible. So the most it, likely scenario is Man United to not get in the, in the top four. Yeah. Let's say, yes, yeah, amazing what they've done in Paris, but yeah. if they get drawn against Barcelona or by, yeah, and go out in the quarterfinal, out, probably, yeah. And their season pieces out into, yeah. you know, a win here, a draw there, yeah. a defeat there, and they end up fifth or sixth, I still think Man United yeah. might still go for a big name manager. Mm. As, as ridiculous as it sounds after nine away wins on the bounce yeah, until yeah. they came to the Emirates. Yeah. I think Pochettino. And again, I'm not antagonising you. Pochettino. You are. <laughs> it, just, I, well, one's no, no, just right. been ruled course, out, right? You, he's got two places, of right? Course. Real Madrid is no, no longer going to be a realistic, which yeah. is great news for you. I think if you've ruled yeah. out one of them. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you want Solskjaer to be brilliant. Of course. I think you want to come third in United, fourth with Solskjaer taking you Man United. Spot on, not just because we I want, want Solskjaer. Anyway. We want that anyway, <laughs> But should a scenario, let's say Arsenal finish third and Chelsea finish fourth, let's put oh. that scenario out. Oh, and Pochettino, good. is he going to stick around to lead that team in a new stadium with Europa League football if Man United are going, here is the job, here is money. Because yeah, the difference between Europa Man United well. and Arsenal is next year, and this frustrates me as an Arsenal fan, Arsenal, Arsenal will not be going for the Premier League title next year. Whatever we do, we're not going to United will. Manchester United yeah. are going to Whoever's go right. in charge. Yeah. New manager, here is yeah. a load of money. Yeah. You are here to try and compete for the title. Yeah. And it, not, it won't be at Arsenal, and it wouldn't go there at Spurs. Yeah. And I just wonder. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got to be plausible. They're going to struggle to convince their fans now. Now there's so much momentum behind Solskjaer. Not if he, but not if he goes on a bad, really bad run. I think they still have so much affection for him. Yeah. I mean, people are obsessed with him. Yeah, My yeah. United the cu- is yeah. a cult. Mate. There's a strong really. nostalgia feeling yeah. as well, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. And I, I mean... But listen, what you and I know, Ped, better than yeah. most, is we saw... We've had Glenn Hoddle as manager. We've had Ozzy Ardiles as manager. And, and we worshipped them before. We worship them now. But when yeah. they start losing games, I'm sorry. It's true, yeah. But I mean, this is quite, you know... Big hypothetical situation yeah. we set up for ourselves. Yeah. Like, he hasn't lost any games yet. Well, he's what, lost lost the Arsenal game. Yeah, one yeah. game. So but yeah, and he lost in Paris but, uh, against Paris, but then yeah. he redeemed himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? Very exciting time of the year, isn't it? But unfortunately, I have to wrap it up now. But I've very much enjoyed this. Thank you so much for joining me, gentlemen. Paddy, thank you. Josh, thank you very much. Pleasure. Liam, thank you. Excellent debut, thank sir. You. And uh, this is Theo Delaney. Martin's back next week. Paul Kramer's in the corner. I'll give him a little shout. And Leon was our engineer. Thank you, Leon. Martin's back next week. Thanks for listening, everyone, to the Whistleblowers. Ta-da! The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.